preaching in three days, and I got one more. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one. While you turn there, I do honor your man of God. I appreciate the friendship I've developed with him the last little bit as I've been able to minister out here in Weechers and fellowship with him. I give him honor, him and his wife. Continuing to pray for Sister Moats' healing that God would touch her body. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter number one. I give honor to my beautiful family, Erica. I love you. Bentley, Audrey, I love you. Listen, I have three children. I have two well-behaved and one other. Uh, so if Kingston starts screeching and screaming, he's just preaching with me. Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Brother Moats. Acts chapter 1. And to the saints of God, I honor you tonight. It's a Tuesday night for the third night in a row. You've been out to revival service, and I honor you for your dedication to the house of the Lord. Listen, friends, I get joy down in my soul every time I get to feel God's presence. It never gets old because I remember at 13 years old sleeping on a couch wishing that God would change, man. Then when he did, this presence never gets old. It gets sweeter as the days go by. And listen, I can't listen. Some of y'all, I, I don't know, but I just can't wait till heaven. Because what we feel down here, we're going to feel there all of the time. Now, the scripture lets us know that the Holy Ghost, what we are experiencing now is the earnest of our inheritance. I didn't know what that meant until I bought my first house. And the people I bought it, they wanted some earnest money. They wanted a down payment to know that there was a lot more coming. Friends, God has given us that down payment. And he lets us know there's a lot more where that came from on the other side of glory. Are you thankful for the presence of God? Hey man, Acts chapter number one, a lengthy passage, but I'll read it quick. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They were still looking for the physical nation of Israel to be restored. And he said unto them, it's not for you know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while he looked, excuse me, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel and said unto them, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So these two angels stood by and said, boys, what are you looking up for? So this evening, I promise I will preach shortly, if you'll help me, from a very simple subject entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? 
where do we go from here? Will you put your Bibles down? Lift your hands one more time, Father. Jesus, I pray the power of the Spirit would be in this building. I'm asking God that you would help us here, O oh Lord. I pray the glory of God would shine on us. And I pray the anointed word of God would penetrate our hearts and our minds. I pray that faith would arise in the building, faith to believe in you for the impossible and for the miraculous. And I'm asking that the anointed word of God would touch our ears that we could hear and that the Spirit, what the Spirit would say to the church in this hour at this day in the mighty name of Jesus and somebody said in Jesus name amen God bless you thank you for standing be seated you're gonna have to help me a little bit tonight I've noticed my voice is a little weary I don't exactly preach easier light so I'm going to give it everything I got on a Tuesday night weeches where do we go from here in our text, in Luke tells us about the account of Jesus' ascension. Before his grand departure heavenward, Jesus did not leave his followers without any sense of hope, but rather on the contrary. Before he ever got to that point, he let them know that I will come again unto you. But John 14 verse 18 lets us know, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The ESV renders that I will not leave you as an orphan, but I'll come to you. Meaning when Jesus knew he was going into heaven, he let his disciples know that though you won't see my face physically, you're going to know I'm there spiritually friends are you thankful that no matter the road that we walk no matter how dark the night or how dry the season that Jesus gave the body of Christ a promise that he would never leave us nor would he forsake us but rather he would endure upon us power from on high is anybody thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In fact, he said, you shall receive power. And we covered that last night. And while we know, according to Acts, there was quite a few people standing around at Jesus' ascension. Acts chapter 1, verse verse 12 then they came unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet which is from Jerusalem about a Sabbath day's journey and when they were come in they went up they went up into an upper room and abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew Philip and Thomas Bartholomew Matthew James the son of Alphaeus Simon Zealots and Judas the brother of James and these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus with his brethren and in those days Peter stood up in the midst and said the number of the names were about 120 so we know that there was quite a few people that saw Jesus ascend into heaven it was these people that had seen the ministry of Jesus as he walked on this earth for the champagne they knew his words they knew his works 
and they knew his ways, yet after even though they knew that they were going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, when Jesus was ascending into heaven, they saw him disappear into the clouds, and the Bible lets us know that those disciples just stood there gazing around, and as they stood there, the two men dressed in white asked them a question almost confrontationally which is my favorite type of question. He said, men and brethren, why are you just standing around almost as if to say, why are you still standing here? You see the angels quickly shifted their focus from heaven back down to their earth, back down to their mission field, back down to their call, back down to what God had for them. So the apostles gazed into the sky, understandably so, after witnessing such a miracle. But the angelic rebuke was necessary. And here's what I want to challenge it and tell the church here tonight. Moments of high spiritual experience are never ends in themselves. I'm going to say that again. Moments of high spiritual experience are never ends in themselves, but rather when God took them to the next level, it wasn't so that they would get complacent, be full of lethargy and apathy, but rather the spiritual experience that God drew them to was meant to springboard them to the next level of their life. So significant spiritual experiences like the church has been experiencing these some days is designed to cause us to act on what we've just experienced. So when God is calling the church and reaches deeper, it's not so we can get to Wednesday or Sunday and go, oh, Brother Moats wasn't that great. Didn't we have some good church? No, friends. It was that experience that God is causing and God is using to propel us, to springboard us, to launch us into the next dimension of his spirit. And let me encourage the church here tonight that revival is not carried in a suitcase nor is it carried with one specific man. But you are the revival. You're the hands that this community needs. So as these disciples, they saw the miraculous. They saw the signs and wonders that Jesus performed on this earth. They witnessed him feeding the 5,000. They saw him cast out devils. They were onlookers as Jesus raised the dead. They were spectators as blinded eyes as, as blinded eyes were open. They watched as the lame received strength to walk. They observed Jesus open deaf ears. They marveled at, at him calming the sea and the wind. They monitored as he turned water into wine. In short, this 120 or more uh, that were there watching Jesus ascend to heaven, they saw him in awe of his power. And it makes me wonder, here tonight what caused them to stand so long gazing when God had already given them his marching orders could it be that the thought was going through their mind we just saw something absolutely incredible 
We just experienced another dimension of his glory. And I can only imagine, as humans at times do, they began to say, wow, I wonder where we go from here, boys. I wonder what's the next step when Jesus already told them the next step is Jerusalem and power from on high. So if some of you are wondering what's the next step for the church, it most certainly isn't just a stand around going, wow, wasn't that great, but rather it's to move onward and it's to move upward. It's to move onward and upward. Friends, that is the mission of the church in Weeches. It's not to say, well, God did a wonderful thing last week. Or didn't God do something wonderful last year? But no, friends, it's to say, God, I know you're using this moment to propel us. Let me be the vessel. God have mercy. And dare I challenge the church here tonight. There is only one thing that can halt the church's forward progress. Though we gave, though we engage in supernatural spiritual warfare with the devil, he most certainly cannot stop the church. The world can't confuse the church. Armies can't control it. Schools can't explain it. Herod couldn't silence it. The Pharisees couldn't stop it. Nero couldn't crush it. Hitler couldn't silence it. The New Age can't replace it. So it begs the question, what is that one thing that will stop the church? Honey, that one thing is you. There's only one thing on this planet that will stop God from working, and that's a vessel saying, Lord, I'm not willing, or Lord, wow, look at what you've done. There couldn't possibly be another dimension, but God has come to challenge the church to say this isn't the first of the last, but rather this is the first of the next. See, because the Lord works and uses through mere mortals, we often bind the hands of God by our standing around gazing when God is challenging the church not to just stand there looking around, but he's challenging the church to move onward and to move upward, to constantly go forward and to constantly go up, never down and never back, but progressing forward in his name. So, but far too often, Pastor Motes, I know you've seen this in your evangelism and, and pastoring churches. There are often times that God takes the church to unbelievable supernatural levels. And we go from one Sunday and then we show back up on Wednesday going, wow. Look what God just did. Now, Pastor Motes, it's 8.10 right now. I wish you'd get done early. I'm, I'm a little hungry. Ah, wasn't it wonderful what... The Lord did. You see, friends, spiritual experiences were not meant to be an end in of themselves, but rather they're meant to be the beginning of God's next season for your life, for your ministry, and for this church. You see, there is no question here. The last few days, we've experienced some powerful moves of the Holy Ghost. Can anyone testify to that? Can anyone say the Lord has touched you? These last several services, we've experienced 
experienced the miraculous. We felt the brush of angels' wings. We've entered seasons and times of travail. We've approached the Lord with humble and a, and a broken heart. But the question I'm asking the church then is, where do we go from here? Are you content, weeches, to just sit happily by and gaze around while the world is on its way to hell? Or are we ready to activate our faith here one more time and say, God, I'll do anything. Where do we go from here? You see, some of you are asking, is this the last night of revival? I don't know, but no matter whether we come back to church tomorrow night, your answer should be no. This is not the last revival service in Weeches, but this is just the beginning of what God is wanting to This is just the beginning. I wish you'd get that deep down in your soul that this is the first of the next great outpouring in this area. God have mercy. God have mercy. This is just the first of the next that we believe that God is going to do the miraculous time and time and time again. No matter who's standing behind this pulpit, you should let faith arise in your heart knowing that God has not called this to be the last night, but rather God's called this to be the last of the next. Saying, God, this right here, this is the bottom. We refuse to go down. We refuse... We refuse to go down and we refuse to go back from here. So we have, we have two options tonight. And there really are only two. There is, there's no middle ground in the church. There's no middle ground. You are either advancing or you're retreating. But there is no staying stagnant. You're either being victorious or you're being the victim. You are either being the winner or you're being the defeated. Friends, there is no middle ground here tonight. I need you to hear me preach because there is no middle ground moving forward for the church in Weeches. You're either going to start advancing one more time and there are going to be hungry souls that are going to be filled in these altars or you're going to say, you know what? We had a good time that, that, that one revival in August in 2022 and it was sure nice to experience what God did wow wasn't that cool but I think I'm looking at a group of believers that you are not content with this being the last service but rather you're saying God what can you do next what can you do next what can you do next God, what's your next move? What's the next experience? Because I know this isn't the last. So we have two options. Listen, please hear me. And what you decide, not what I decide, and not what Pastor Motes decides, but what you decide as the church of God is going to determine what happens in your next season. Now, we can be like the children of Israel. They witnessed all of God's power in Egypt. They saw him turn 
the water to blood. They witnessed the frogs covering the land. They took note of the gnats. They watched flies swarm. They noticed the pestilence. They observed the boils. They marveled as fiery hail fell. They identified the locusts. They were onlookers of the darkness, and they witnessed the death of the firstborn. They saw God miraculously split the Red Sea in two, and they walked through on dry ground. They watched God cover their problems with that same Red Sea as the Egyptian army fled after them. But I want you to take notice, and I hope you never forget this next statement. After Exodus chapter number 14 nine different times the children of Israel said they wished they were back in Egypt after all the miraculous experience that we've experienced and all the miraculous experiences that they experienced they wanted they desired to go backward they said oh God that's really cool but wouldn't it be nice they said nine different times wouldn't it be great if we were back in the land of bondage but then there came a Caleb and there came a Joshua who said where do we go from here and their shout was on to Canaan so where do we go from here where do we go from here See, you can say, that's really good, preacher, and that's really nice, but but you're not going to be here after a while. And you're right, I'm not. But you know who will be here? You'll be here. And you can determine right here and right now, am I going to be like the children of Israel and experience everything that we've experienced the last several nights and say, well, it was a good run at it, but let's go on back, boys. Wasn't it easier back there? Sure. Dead and dry and boring church that's easy to your flesh but friends it is spiritual life when we come in here and God explodes his spirit like an atomic bomb service after service after service friends there is nothing like the miraculous power of God so here's our major problem with going backward we can go back to our fishing boats and tax table but that's not going to lead us to Pentecost. We can return to dead religion as usual and once again be okay with the status quo. But the status quo won't take us to supernatural experience. We can be comfortable with what we've witnessed to the point that we're okay descending back into the ordinary, descending back into the normal, into the comfortable church services that we've had in years gone by. But friend, the comfortable church services and comfortable preaching and comfortable singing are not services that turn the world upside down. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, but they want a normal dead dry church. They go to the Baptist church across the street, but when they come into this house, they are expecting to experience something different. They're expecting to experience Pentecost. But the moment that we make the church service about us and how it used to be. Now, I found out last night this church is almost 100 years old. It's been here a while. Pastor Motes, if we make our church, church here in Weeches, if we look back and say, ah, the 70s were good. 
Oh, they were good. Don't you remember that preacher we had come preaching? Wasn't it fantastic? Oh, the 80s. Now, those were the golden years in Weeches. Wasn't that fantastic? Oh, how about the 90s? Weren't the 90s so wonderful? Friends, let me stop and tell you that the best days of Weeches are not some hundred years ago. The best days in Weeches are not the 70s or 80s or 90s, but the best day of Weeches are right now moving forward. Your best years are not behind you, but your best years are in front of you. Your best years. Your best services have yet to happen. Friends, that's why you got to say, God, I will do whatever it takes, every service to get your glory. I don't want to idolize an era gone by, but rather I want to look forward to what God has. You see, I believe the church in Weeches, you hear me now and receive this word. The church in Weeches is just scratching the surface of what God wants to do. You're just scratching the surface. If you will grab a hold of this and it will cause you to... It it will cause you to be consumed by it. There is no telling what God will do through you and in you. Not just your man of God, but through the body, through you. If you'll grab a hold of this and say, listen, our best days, our best days are not when our grandparents were in Weeches. Our best days were not 30 years ago, but Brother Jace, our best days are now and forward. Our best days aren't behind us. Friends, I don't want to get lost going what we used to be was great, but could we do it again? Isn't that nice? Wasn't those, weren't those great services some years ago? And we stand around gazing into the sky when God has given the church here its marching orders to move forward unto Pentecost. So our option A is to go back and idolize an era of God that's gone by. Or the other option is we can move forward unto Pentecost. We can move forward unto a supernatural experience. So we can be like the disciples when they were buffeted by an angel. They were buffeted by a messenger saying it's time to stop looking up and it's time to start looking out. It's time to start looking at what it used to happen, but it's time to start looking forward unto what God is calling you to do. So I want you to hear the messenger tonight that God is pushing the church. Stop looking behind, up and stop looking behind, but look forward to what God has for the body next. Where do we go from here forward? Where do we go from here upward? Where do we go from here? We go to Pentecost and an outpouring of the supernatural.
Lift your hands right there all over the sanctuary. I believe there's a group of people here who reaches. You're not determined to go backwards, but you're determined to go forward to Pentecost. Always up and always forward. You see what God has been doing around here at Weeches the last several services has been rattling the gates of hell as believers have been emboldened by the spirit of our God. So the question, Weeches, where do we go from here? Are we going to be stuck with fossilized footprints of our last great achievement? of our last great service of our last great revival or do we blaze on forward in the spirit to Pentecost church I come to press you just a little bit I'm going to push you to say it's not time to look up anymore it's not time to look back but it's time to look forward we can't gaze around saying wasn't that great but rather here tonight here tonight there's another dimension of what God is wanting to do in you and what God is wanting to do through you and if you're not willing to settle for mediocrity I wish you would throw your hands in the air and say God baptize me with a fresh fire tonight God would you set my soul ablaze come on onward to Pentecost onward onward There it is right there. There it is right there. The Holy Ghost has stepped into this building. I believe I'm looking at some people. Your faith is being energized, though your body may be weary. Your faith is being ignited to say, God, I'm not going back, and I'm not going to idolize an era gone by. But rather, Lord, I know the church's day is now. I know the church's day is today. It wasn't last week. It wasn't last year. But it's right now. Right there, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Lord Jesus, we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to Egypt. But God, we want to go onward to Pentecost. Lord, we're not going to stand around looking at what you used to do. But God, I pray that you would supernaturally charge the body of Christ today. I pray that they could receive an outpouring that would cause their cup to overflow though they're weary in their bodies I pray they would be strong in their spirits and do exploits I pray God that you would baptize them with a fresh love for your word a fresh love to reach the There it is right there. I know you feel it. I know you're weary, but if you would tap into that right there, 
Tap into what you're feeling. Uh, God is moving over every heart here in this building. And I believe you're determined that no matter what we do tomorrow, no matter what we do next week, we most certainly are never going to go back to where we used to do. Even though it was good, we're not going back. But we are charging in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh God oh God right there church if you're waiting any longer to move I need you to move this altar is open for any believer who's willing to say, God, would you baptize me afresh and anew? Lord Jesus, I personally don't want to go back to a life of complacency. But Lord Jesus, I want to move forward under Pentecost. I want to move forward to the next radical experience that you have for my life. God, I want to go onward. I don't want to stand around gazing, but Jesus, I want to launch deeper into your spirit. Thank you, church, for moving.